Welcome to the Blue Collar Gold Podcast, the podcast that shows you how to build a world-class service business from the dirt up. And now your host, Mark Stoner. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Blue Collar Gold Podcast. Thank you for joining us. I had some really nice emails and letters this week, and I, I appreciate the people who take their time and send me messages about how the podcast may affect them, how they what they got from it. It was neat to see a quote go up on Facebook that was from one of the podcasts. So thank you for that, Ben. I got a, a nice email from him or a text that said, hey, thank you for doing that. I listen every week. I look forward to it. And it helps me, you know, with my business. And I don't have all the answers clearly. I'm learning as I go to and kind of talking about my journey as as a business person and trying to figure it all out. And there's something that I read on Facebook that came from the guy who helped me set this podcast up, Brian Siskind. And he said, he said, you know, uh, let me just read it. He said, after... Oh, I should have had this queued up better. He said, there's no feeling of arrival. He said, he said, I feel like I'm just getting started after 25 years. And, and, and so that is, so I started looking into that. You know, there is, there's no there. You know, there's no there there. <laughs> so, so I think that's something we need to realize in business and in life that I don't know that you ever have a feeling of arrival and that for me, the more successful our business has gotten, the bigger it's gotten. I know that at one point my first goal was 10 trucks. Oh, my first goal was three trucks and so many people and having my own office. Well, when all that came to fruition, then the next step was 10 trucks and blew past that or 20, 30 trucks. So I, there is no there in business, and I, I had to realize that now. That's part of being grateful, and the other things I talk about, to realize that you're pretty much already there. You do have different levels of your life, and you have different levels of achievement. Ideally, you have different accolades, and you get to travel more, and your life can change. But I still feel like I'm just getting started, like Brian said, I, after... I've been in business now 35 years and I still feel like I'm just getting started. Now there's going to come a day where I feel like I'm ready to plant the flag and be done. And I've, I've done it. I achieved this and I'm going to do something else, but I'm not even close to being there. I feel energized every day. I feel like I'm just getting started and there's so much more to do and that I can do and that I enjoy doing. And, but um, I was talking to my friend Tommy Nelms the other day too, and he said, you know, something I said to him a couple of years ago that the best thing about success and options, and again, on a very small level, there's, I'll tell another funny story about something in a minute, but we, Tommy said, you said that the best thing about, you know, having more money and is that you have more options in life. The options are what it's about. 
You know, you don't look at the menu the same. You can get whatever you want. You go on vacation and you can do more things. I remember being completely broke on vacation and wishing I had money to go on some of these excursions or going to the nicer restaurants or buying the better packages or whatever. Sometimes I was just scraping by to go on a ski trip with my son. One time we went into, uh, we were hungry, we were getting ready to, but I was co- almost completely broke taking him on this ski trip, and I think he was about 13 or 14, or somewhere in there, so we, we were hungry, and we saw this thing, some mountain cafe, or mountain grill is what it was, so we thought mountain grill is probably just a skier's thing, we're going to roll in there with our ski gear and get something to eat, well, when, as soon as we opened this big double wooden door, I, I could tell it wasn't like a regular ski grill. And then there was a second door, and there were people there all dressed up. And here we are in our ski gear and goggles and hats and bibs and you know ski boots, completely not where we should have been. And I said, oh, I'm sorry, we, I'm sorry that we had thought this was just more of a grill, you know, cafe. And they're like, Oh no, come on in, come on in. So <laughs> we did, and. Um, We felt completely out of place. We took all of our gear off. We just got, you know, hat hair and just matted down, sweaty from the day. And I opened the menu. They served me the menu and I opened it up and everything started extremely high. A baked potato was like 25 bucks and a steak was 125. And it was just, everything was so high. And I said, I said, Bud, I don't have the money for this place. We're we're on a pretty tight budget, and this is, <laughs> and so I said, I think we can get the barley soup and water, <laughs> and so we we did. That's what we got. We got the barley soup and water, and we we talk about that still today about how broke I was going in there to a nice place and just had to kind of survive and get out of there, and. It is what you have to do, but you know now life is different. And I feel super fortunate. So many times that you know my life, we have options on vacation, on everything. My dad, when when I remember going to a restaurant when my dad would take us, and the main thing he looked at was he would look at the menu and look down the right side of the menu and see what was cheapest. And that's how he determined what he wanted to eat on the menu, whatever was cheapest. And that that stuck with me that I I didn't want to, I didn't want to determine what I wanted by the right side of the menu. I wanted to determine what I wanted by what I wanted, and what sounded good at that point, or what I never had before, or what was unique to that restaurant, or what was the special. You know. I, so, that being said. I don't ever have, I haven't ever felt a sense of arrival. I think there are fleeting moments of arrival. You know, there's times, there's certain days that I could look back and say, man, this was a good day. And and there's times I look around and I try to do it a lot. I look around and I'm really amazed at what's happening and watching the people work and listening to them talk and seeing what happens every day. That, for me, that's when I feel good, but then I don't feel like I'm there. I read a thing, it's, it's, uh, it was myths, and it, one of them was believing the myth of arrival, and I'll just read to you what it said. 
The myth of arrival refers to an idea that once you have arrived at a certain point in your life, everything will fall into place and the life you have waited for will finally begin. But sometimes this belief that that things will automatically get better once a certain thing happens can be nearly as damaging as believing that things will never improve. Because the former sets you up for a devastating letdown when things actually don't get better. Quote, once I finally meet the one or get my promotion or lose the 20 pounds or live a bigger in a bigger house or get my kids settled into independent, successful lives, then I'll be happy. These are common things, common ways of thinking. And I've talked about this in a previous broadcast, but just to keep going. But putting our happiness on hold and in the hands of a random life event that may or may not have any effect whatsoever on our happiness is giving way too much power to an external situation and not nearly enough to ourselves. It robs us of the ability to find joy in our own terms. It makes us miss the proverbial journey journey because we're so hyper-focused on the destination. Worst of all, it sets us up for a crash when we realized that it wasn't those 20 pounds making us depressed, it was the fact that we were depressed for different reasons entirely that made us put on 20 pounds in the first place. So I've talked about that before that um, you know, you've got to you got to watch out thinking certain things are going to make you happy, and you know certain things in business. Certain I know there's people that when I talk to that. When I bring him through my business for Blue Collar University, when we set the perfect day, a lot of them end up saying, and it's flattering, but they end up mimicking what my business is. They say, you know, if I literally had what you have going on every day and I had, uh, you know, the life that you have, that's that's a dream. So it, it helps me realize and be feel fortunate for what we have done, but at the same time, you know, there's so much more to do. And I, I personally don't want to settle. A couple of years ago, I was on a sailing trip. And every two years I go, I race with a, a group of guys who we, we rent a sailboat down in St. Martin or the British Virgin Islands. And we sail in a yacht race. Now that alone, just me saying that out loud is, is a dream come true. I'm no sailor. I'm not good at it. But just the, um, the fact that I've, I get invited on these trips is is a dream come true in itself. But so we were in in port and we were around all these mega yachts. So we're on a boat that's a fifty one foot sailing yacht and we and we race it. And but we go in and we need some supplies. So we go and you have to go buy these mega yachts that are hundreds of feet, huge, you know, big difference. Our boat that we're sailing on is probably a 750 to $800,000 boat. So it's an expensive boat, beautiful monohull sailing boat. And we race other boats that are the same size. But when we went into this place where these mega yachts are that have crews that come in there to get what they need, we were walking around and we're all, all of us are pretty decently successful business people. We all have decent sized businesses and we live an amazing life, but there's so many levels above everywhere you are. You've never arrived. So we walk in there and we are looking for some rope and some, 
duct tape and a couple other things we need on the boat. And the lady says, can I help you? And we told her what we need. And we're back there looking for something. And one of the guys says, do these guys need help? And she said, no, they're just sailors. And we looked at each other and realizing that we were really the lowlifes in this place compared to these hundreds of millions of dollar boats that, you know, to fill up the gas tank on these things is a quarter of a million dollars. Uh, and what we were doing is buying duct tape and, you know, rope. We're just sailors. We're just small time, you know, people. And it, it all made us feel really funny because there's so many other levels of wealth and achievement that if you're looking for that to feel achievement, you're probably always going to be unhappy. That And again, to be happy is really more where you are now. And clearly, if you're religious, you know, the there is heaven, right? You're going to do all the things on earth, but it's really just waiting. It's just really doing the right things on earth. And then you go to heaven. And then that's where, you know, everything is realized. Not to get religious, but that that's what a lot of people are waiting for. Or, you know, actively, that that's the purpose to get through. But, you know, for me in life, I, I also have to enjoy where we are right now and help other people enjoy where they are right now. In my business right now, we're going through a lot of change. There's a lot of upheaval. There's new people, new positions, new processes. Because a year ago, two years ago, I'd kind of hit a, a, a plateau of what I felt like I could get done without some serious outside help. We hit a certain level, and we grew like 5% that year. And the year before, we'd grown about 13, but I was feeling myself kind of maxing out on what I knew to do next. And so I knew I had to reach outside and get some, I'd, I'd hired a bunch of consultants, but I felt like it was almost at the end of the consultant time too, where they couldn't necessarily help me. Now they, consultants helped me a great deal getting to where we were, but I needed more internal people with higher skill levels that I currently had in my business or I had in myself. So I reached out and I got a really high level uh, COO, chief operation officer from another company. And my idea was I need to bring somebody in that's run a much bigger company than mine. You know, I need to be, you know, it's kind of like having a pro baseball player teach a high school person how to pitch or how to hit. They can just see what they're not doing right and tell them do these five mechanics and you're going to have a different result. And that's what I needed. It wasn't, you know, one, you know, college or high school guy telling another high school guy what to do. It's a really high level guy saying, this is exactly what you need to do. And that's why consultants are helpful. And I, I ran out of consultants that were actually had run businesses bigger than mine. And kind of, so I found a, a person who had run a $30 million company and had grown, grown every company he stepped into, he grew them exponentially. And I knew if, if, if that's what I wanted, I needed to get that kind of help. So I brought him in and year one, well, not, he was with us in August. So the first, first half year he was with us, we grew a decent amount. I can't remember the number, but year, the full year he was in, we grew 41%. 
and this year we're already up 25%. So there's really great things about that, but there's also bad things about it when you grow that fast, which what happens is your people get change weary a little bit because when you put that much stress on a business, things start to get shaky. You got a lot of new people. You got a lot of processes that you didn't think of. You have a lot of little holes in the game that become more and more uh, evident. So in business, people want to also have that feeling that they have arrived. You know, your employees, they want a little bit of change, but not too much change. And right now, you know, then I brought in a, a full-time chief financial officer too that really digs down into our numbers and watches for efficiencies and he helps our office with processes so the problem is when these people come in from the outside all your legacy employees feel like it's not the same company anymore like this isn't what I signed up for this isn't the company I used to work for and that becomes difficult because it's true it's not the same company uh, if you look at the results of, you know, how their lives are, every, all these moves, everybody makes more money. They have more benefits. They have more stability. In fact, they actually work less. So all the moves have been good, but they're painful. Well, right now we have policies being written, changes being done. Hey, you, you did this for this way for the last three or four years. We're not doing it that way anymore. And when it comes one after another, one week there's one change, and then we sometimes you deploy it and it's not good, and you have to backtrack, and then you have to start again. Those changes, people get, they can get tired, but you have to push them through. I'll give you an example. I, I In the last several months, I wanted, I saw this app that was used from a company where all your technicians, when they called from their cell phone, they used an app and it showed that it was calling from your company instead of the person's cell phone. And also it recorded the call. So, you know, you could hear what was being said on both sides. It sounded like a fantastic thing. It was going to tie into a new phone system we were bringing in. So phone systems, one, you know, up, up, you know, it's a lot of upheaval when you bring that in. Now I'm adding an app that all the technicians are going to use. We scheduled, you know, 10, 10 te- uh, employees at a time to learn this new app with the phone company. They were going to go through it and, you know, learn it. And we were excited about it. Well, the very first meeting that this phone person came in and showed it to the technicians. They downloaded the app. She said, okay, allow all the permissions. Well, all the permissions said were uh, allow access to your camera, allow access to your microphone, allow location services. You know, you had to allow all these things. And my technician said, hey, I this doesn't quite feel right. Um, it almost feels like we're being spied on. And I said, well, I think that all those things only work when the app is open and you're using it trying to make calls. And then we find out that this app, it it's runs in the background. You could see every picture on their phone. You could know where they were at any point. You could hear all phone calls. Well, my, my employees freaked out. They're like, I don't want that. I don't want that thing in my house. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't want that because, and I agree a thousand percent. I said, I don't want that either. I don't want to know that stuff. I don't need to know that stuff as a business owner. I don't need to know it. Other, other employees had 
this app used in their business and talked about bad things that happened. Both of them had had bad situations or knew of employees that had bad situations. One guy went out of state to, to uh, I think he went to a casino to gamble on the weekend, but the company policy was you couldn't take company property across state lines or something and he had taken the phone with him and he ended up getting fired another guy some guys they tracked things where he was and what he had on his phone and got fired and i just didn't want that so we had to backtrack and we're everybody's rolling it out and then rolling it back didn't work but i'm willing to go through that to get to the even the next level of where we feel like we have to be I had mentioned that a couple weeks ago I went to a non-for-profit that I worked for and did an efficiency study for the office about how everything worked in that office. And the, I, I found out that there was some blowback after we were there from the office staff. There were a lot of hurt feelings. There were, you know, for me and my committee, we didn't, we weren't making anything personal in our mind. But when we said this isn't right, or this should be changed, or this could be better, or there's a problem here, it, it really, you know, kind of stomped on some people's feelings because that's what they, that was their responsibility. For me, I wasn't blaming anyone. Most of the time what we were blaming was technology, processes, uh, just some things that were mostly out of employees' control, but they still felt hurt by it, you know, hurt by our findings and hurt by our changes. Because also some of these things that we found when we were going to take them away or we were going to change vendors or we were going to change processes, those are the things that gave people value. They, you know, one of the people in particular was the go-to person on, you know, if this one problem, you know, would arise. And we felt that there was a better way to handle it, which took it out of that person's hands. Well, that person was really hurt. They felt like now their value isn't as much in the company because, you know, they were the guru, they were the fireman, they were the teacher, you know, they were the person. And now it's taken away. You got to watch that in business because a lot of times the owner is that. The owner is the teacher, the guru, the fireman you know, the everything. So when there's problems, there's a great feeling in your, in your purpose that you are the person that can solve problems. The problem with that is it's good for you to ha- be that a little bit, but mostly they don't need you for that. You have to give them all of the opportunity to not need you to be that go-to person. And so in this efficiency study, though, the point of it is, we're trying to make this not-for-profit better. But employees a lot of times don't necessarily want to make it better. They want it to stay the same, maybe a little bit better for them. Almost everybody would like to work less and make more money. But they don't want, they don't necessarily, they're not involved in making it better because, because when you change it, when you change the process, now they don't know the process and now they feel incompetent and that's a bad feeling for employees. Business owners, we have to be pretty good with feeling incompetent because whenever you jump into something new, you're always incompetent and we're we're a little bit better at that feeling. 
Now, the problem is if you get uh, if you get kind of addicted to competence and you don't like the feeling of incompetence or new or change, then you don't change anything and your business will suffer from that. I personally don't have a problem with incompetence. I know every time I jump into something new, I'm completely incompetent. Right now, I've mentioned we're in the chocolate business and we're still getting so many things together to make that happen. Every time I go to do anything in it, I'm totally incompetent. I missed something. We didn't think of something else. It was harder than we thought. The result wasn't what we wanted. And so, again, the, the journey is is where, where you know, the whole business and enjoyment is. I'm getting ready to go down to take a visitor I've got from out of the country. We're going down to the Jack Daniels Distillery today to visit Jack Daniel Distillery and how they make whiskey. It's pretty close to my house uh, here in Nashville. And it's great. I've been there, gosh, 20 times. I take everybody there because watching their process, that's one process that hadn't changed much in hundreds of years in some ways. You know, the, the concept is the same. But even Jack Daniels, even, the, you know, making something that's hundreds of years old, when you walk into one area of their distillery, it looks like a NASA control center. The, the screens uh, on the boards of the technology that's used to watch everything and control everything, it's an old, pro, it's an old procedure and it hasn't changed a lot in the steps, but man, the technology around whiskey and bourbon and all that those things have changed so no matter what business you are you have to change and you have to you have to get better all the time do not get stuck in your ways if you haven't changed much in the last five years there's probably a, there's probably huge opportunities for you to look at yourself if you can't see any change needed you need to hire outside consultants as a little pitch for my company it's really handy to come see a business. I don't care if you're in the chimney business or any service business. I guarantee you, you go through like our Blue Collar University and you walk through the business. Uh, in the first hour, it's worth your time and effort to get there because you will see vast things that you could change or never thought about. And so I highly encourage you, though, to I know it's the second week in a row I've said the same thing. But there's a lot of people that want help and they think they can get it from Facebook and just reading books. And you can get a lot of help from that. I'm not discrediting it. But sometimes somebody walking in your business and just saying the right thing or you walking in their business and seeing the right thing, that 2% change now will completely lead you to a different you know, trajectory and a different outcome in your business. So get out there. Don't stay in a shell. Go see people. Come see me. I do have some really cool news, and I'll be talking a lot about it in the next couple weeks. But I want to announce the first ever Blue Collar Gold Summit here in Nashville, Tennessee. It's pretty exciting. We're going to have some of my mentors, some of my people who help me with my business here in Nashville and we want to open it up to alumni who've come through Blue Collar University and also anyone even halfway interested in a great business. It's going to be Business Marketing and Sales Summit. It's open for business owners and their staff. We're going to have it at, at a Bridgestone Arena. We've got a room in Bridgestone Arena that we're going to hold it in. And 
it's going to be uh, John Meredith with Saver Systems. He's, he's, he's probably, if you've heard me talk or read my books, he's really one of my number one mentors ever. He's going to talk about transformational leadership. I'm going to have Taylor Hill with Spark Marketer. He does our websites and he does, gosh, over 100 websites for other chimney companies and service-based businesses. He also had the Blue Collar Proud podcast. Uh, he and uh, Taylor Taylor Hill and Carter Harkins had that for years, and they still do it from time to time. Really great marketing geniuses. I have Alan Rush from Rush Profits. He works with our company and several other companies about how to make the most out of sales, whether you're a salesman or you have people going in into people's homes, how to transfer that into really the best opportunity for everyone. And then I'm going to be talking about vision, uh, leadership, and um, you know how to build the business uh, and growth mainly. So I might have a couple other guests that uh, creep up in there. I, if you follow me on Facebook, just look me up on Facebook, uh, Mark Stoner. There's the Mark Stoner author page, which is more business related, and then Mark A. Stoner, which is my personal page. You can you know can say hey there, and then um, I'm going to be announcing all these things on there. We'll probably do something on Instagram, and there's going to be some links to join us. I'm also going to have kind of a cool thing for some people before the day before the event. Uh, we're going to have a dinner at my house for some people, uh, some alumni things, so you can see the need for that. We're going to have a little barbecue at my house ahead of time. So some pretty fun stuff. We're going to be talking about a lot more. It's August 8th and 9th in Nashville. And so come join us there and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Blue Collar Gold Podcast. Please subscribe on iTunes or any place that you listen to podcasts. More information is also available at markstoner.com.